I want to preach this morning a message entitled, The Lord of the Sabbath. Take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses uh, 26 through 28. And we are actually going to begin uh, to uh, get into some Christmas messages uh, the, the two weeks before Christmas. We're going to do that the week before and then on Christmas Eve. But there's some messages God has laid on my heart before then that we're going to get into. And I was interested that God had wanted me to talk about the Sabbath during the holiday season. But I think it's important. Mark chapter 2 says, Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? He and those with him. How he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar the high priest and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who were with him. And he said, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Lord, we thank you that you're our rest, our peace, and our hope. May we decrease and may you increase. And all of God's people said a good amen. Amen. Sabbath is not just a good idea. It's actually part of God's top ten. There's a lot of valid debate about how the Sabbath works under the new covenant. But the idea of taking a break from our usual routine for one day out of seven is not just a command, it is actually rooted in the way our minds, our bodies, and our spirits were designed to function by God. Thousands of years ago, God designed a simple solution for the weekly problem of physical, emotional, and spiritual dehydration, and it's called the Sabbath. It's a time to do three things, to resist work, to refresh your emotions, and to renew our spiritual lives. Listen, Jesus invited on several occasions his disciples to come away for a little while, to get away from all of it, and rest. There's a story of a man who went to Africa, and to ensure that he would travel at a really fast pace, he hired guides and a couple of local tribesmen to carry his luggage and to do whatever was needed. And this traveler told the guide and the the, the porters that we're going to get up before the sun rises, and we're not going to stop until the sun sets. And as they started on their journey, they began to move throughout the day faster and faster. He kept prodding them to go, and to go farther, and to go a little bit quicker. And the next morning, the traveler rose with the sun, and he found the helper seated under a shade tree, and he told them that they needed to get moving. But the porters wouldn't budge. And despite the repeated demands, the men just sat there in silence. The traveler asked the guide, what's the matter with these guys? And the guide said, you push them so hard and so fast, they're now waiting for their souls to catch up with their bodies. That's powerful. How many of you ever felt like your soul was trying to catch up to your body? How many of you after this week are still trying to feel like it's catching up? 
Aren't you glad that God designed one day out of every week when we can do just that? To allow our souls to catch up with our bodies, and the Bible calls that the Sabbath. In Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, it says, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath, and watch this, and set it apart as holy. The Sabbath day is a holy day. It's a day that is specifically set aside to honor God and a day to rest. As a matter of fact, that word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it literally means to cease, to stop, and to rest. And for many today, the idea of a Sabbath is either old-fashioned or it's made into a religious observance that really becomes a bitter hardship to people. I want to remind you that it is important to remember that the Sabbath was created for us, not us for the Sabbath. Turn to someone and say, God made it for you. Listen, I think it's important to get that, especially in the season that we're entering into. It just kind of seems like we're stacking all the work and shopping and days upon days, and we start to run out of time. Can I just tell you, it was never meant to be that way. It's when we get the roles reversed that things get confusing. We miss the purpose of it. The truth is that we need the Sabbath more than ever. First of all, there are so many things in our lives that are pulling us away from the Lord. We need a day that we set aside to honor God. One day that brings us back and it is non-negotiable. That day is set aside for God Himself. And the biggest reason of all is even if we didn't understand the value of the Sabbath for ourselves, God told us to do it. It's not a suggestion, not an option. Listen, the Sabbath is not a life management hack. It's one of the Ten Commandments. In John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And when we keep the Sabbath rest, We don't just make our lives better. We show Jesus how much we love him. The second thing is there are no normal schedules anymore. There used to be a a normal rhythm to life that was similar for most people. Almost everyone used to have a similar weekly schedule. The Sabbath was easier. Even for non-religious people. Sunday was a day off because... Everything but the restaurants and emergency services were closed. How many of you can remember those days? I might be dating myself a little bit, but remember when everything was closed? Listen, I remember everyone gets worked up because Publix closes on Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day. And there's people that literally say, what are we going to do? You plan for the day. You actually do your shopping before. It's amazing how people were able to do that years ago. If no one else is working, it forces you to take a break too. 
But when everything around you is on, there's no rhythm to follow. By every measure, life is faster now than a decade ago, and exponentially faster than a generation ago. Changes that used to require decades to happen, happen in months. Long-held beliefs and traditions now are constantly upended. And the only way to keep grounded when everything around us is moving is to take regular breaks to think, to worship, and to rest. Third reason why we need the Sabbath more than ever is it's harder to unplug from life. Technology has its pluses, but it also has its downsides. The truth is no one ever is really off. No one is ever really away. We're always on. We never really shut down. And if we think of it, we can just look it up. We can research it. We can read. And our phones are never off. Our TVs are almost never off. The radios are always, almost always on. And because of that, we rarely just shut down. But the Sabbath acts as a physical an emotional and a spiritual reboot. Just as you and I need nightly rest, we also need a weekly full day of rest. Listen, our emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health require regular downtime. As a matter of fact, God built rest into the way he made us, into the order of creation. In Mark 2.27, in the New Living Translation, then Jesus said the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. I think it's wonderful that the first thing God himself did after creating everything was to give himself a day off. Not because he needed it, but because we needed the example of it. Now I want you to get this. Christians today are not under the same obligation to obey the fourth commandment as the Israelites Because the death and resurrection of Christ altered the day set aside for worship and rest. Hebrews 9, 4, 9 through 11 says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from him. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Listen, for us, Jesus is our Sabbath. He is our rest, our hope, and our peace. For the Christian, the Sabbath is less about a day and more about relationship. How many of you are thankful for relationship with Jesus? The principle and the spirit of the fourth commandment, listen, is still in effect. We should designate a day to cease our labors for the purpose purpose of meeting together in corporate worship of our risen Savior and to rest. For the Jewish people, this is still a command. The Sabbath is still from sundown on Friday night until sundown on Saturday. And with the giving of the law in Exodus 20, the Sabbath became part of the Israelites' covenant relationship with God. The Lord didn't command Gentile nations to observe the seventh day as special, so the Sabbath came to represent a unique sign between God and his people. In Psalms 147, it says, He declares his word to Jacob, 
his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise the Lord. Listen, honoring the Sabbath is still part of the Ten Commandments. As we read the Ten Commandments, we see that the first three are about our relationship with God. No other gods, no idols. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. And that doesn't mean cussing. That means saying that you belong to God, but don't live like you belong to God. That's the vain thing. The fifth through the tenth commandment define how we relate to one another. Honor your father and mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet what others have. But the fourth commandment serves as a bridge to those before it and those commandments coming after it. We're to honor God and we're to honor ourselves simultaneously. Walter Brueggemann said, Sabbath in the first instance is not about worship. It's about work stoppage. It's about withdrawal from the anxiety system of Pharaoh, the refusal to let one's life be defined by production and consumption and the endless pursuit of private well-being. Listen, Egypt in the Old Testament is still a symbol of the world system. It's all about profit and production and pursuit. Remember, the Israelites were enslaved to that system. They had to build bigger and better and faster. They were never given time off, and they always just had to keep pressing and pressing until it wore them down. And if they died because they kept doing it, they were just replaced with someone else. Tell someone next to you and tell them you're not replaceable. Go ahead. Just remind them that you're precious to the Lord. The world system doesn't care about you. The world system just wants you to do more and more and more. It wants to take you back to Egypt instead of walking in freedom. How many of you are glad you've been set free? That means that Christians don't do things the way the world does. And we don't feel obligated to it. The Sabbath day provides us with an opportunity to not only stop working, but to stop wanting, to stop stressing, to top, stop pursuing, to stop worrying, and to rest, and to pause, and to take a breath, and to enjoy. Can I just give you a reminder as we enter this Christmas season? Listen, Christmas is about Jesus. It's always nice to give gifts. But listen, you don't need to go broke or go into debt. Turn to someone and say, use some wisdom. Can I just tell you, if you're still paying for things in October, for things you bought last December, you shouldn't have gone ahead and done it. How many of you know you're already blessed? But you can create a wonderful Christmas by honoring the Lord and understanding that you don't have to go broke in the process. I just want to give you that yearly reminder. I pray that we'll use wisdom. You see, the opposite of rest is restlessness. And restless needs leads to a life of hurry, a life of busyness, a life of overload, shopping, materialism, careerism, a life of of more, a life of never enough, a life of never stopping to enjoy what God has already blessed us with. 
And living this kind of life means we're constantly in a state of motion, constantly working, and because of that, we're never really satisfied. Remember, Jesus regularly practiced rest and encouraged it among his followers. Jesus' ministry was busy. He was constantly interacting with people, and not just any people, but typically needy people, people who taxed him emotionally and physically. Any of you ever been taxed a little bit by anybody? Listen, if life, there is always a constant pull. There are always people who need help and encouragement. There is always another chore to do. But the Sabbath is first of all a day of rest. If you're taking notes, I want to write this down if you would. We need to honor the Sabbath simply because we're commanded to. It's not a suggestion. God's commands are given for our good. They're not burdensome. They're not a hardship. And the main reason that we obey God is simply because He told us to do something. And He's God. And we're not. But obedience to God always brings benefit. You see, that fourth commandment affirms four principles that are just as practical for Christians today as they were for the Israelites years ago. The Sabbath affirms our need for rest. Listen, God is not a driven God. And He doesn't drive you and me. He may drive you to your knees so that you get out of the world system and that you are free from sin. But how many of you know He doesn't drive you through life? He said He'd lead us and guide us. Very different. The Sabbath affirms human dignity. Egypt doesn't care about people, but God does. He cares about you. How many of you believe that today? The Lord cares for you. The Sabbath isn't about a religious observance. It's because God said, listen, stop and take a break. The Sabbath affirms the family. I don't know if you need know this, but we need time together. You need time as husband and wife, to be together. You need time with the family of God to be together. You need time to just stop and be with your children. You need time to just stop and sit, sometimes to have the conversations and sometimes just to sit there and know that, hey, we love one another. The fourth commandment is unique because there's several things that it helps us with. First, I don't know if you knew this, but more space is devoted to the fourth commandment than all the other ones. It's interesting to know that God had more to say about the Sabbath than he did about theft, adultery, or murder. I think those are pretty self-explanatory. But somehow we need to be explained to us that it's okay to take a rest. I've got to tell you, that's one of those things that I've had to have preached to me more than you'll ever know. As a matter of fact, whenever I stop to rest, Dawn looked at me this week and she said, did you notice that every time you stop, you just go to sleep? There's something wrong with that. I said, well, I don't know, but I sure like it. She goes, yeah, well, you're snoring too loud. And she woke me up. Glory to God. It wasn't nice. 
It's also one of the most mentioned commandments in the Old Testament. Why is it so significant that the Lord had so much to say about the Sabbath, but it tells us that the fourth commandment isn't something we keep only when we feel like it, or we can find the time, it's something we make the time for. It's interesting that Jesus never actually repeated the fourth commandment. It's only one of the Ten Commandments that Jesus didn't repeat or the New Testament uh, writers spend much time on because for them the day changed. Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week, which was Sunday. That's why Christians have set aside the day of Sunday for worship as a memorial for the Lord. Now, whether you worship on Sunday or Saturday, the idea of the Sabbath is to make the day that day one of spiritual service and a time of rest. I want to remind you that Jesus didn't call us as Gentiles to be Jewish. He called us into the kingdom. He called us to salvation. Whether you choose to worship on Saturday or Sunday is your choice. For the Jewish people, they're still called to worship on the Sabbath day. For the Christian, we choose to worship on the day that we know Christ rose from the dead. Remember, in the, the, one of the things we're going to talk about on Wednesday nights are how some of the teachings that went around, well, people tried to convert everyone to become Jewish. If you're Christian, you had to be Jewish and Christian. Jesus just called you to be a Christian. But he still called you to obey the word. The Sabbath is still important. The next thing that the fourth commandment we need to be reminded of is it's one of the only two commandments that are stated positively. We often think of the Sabbath in a negative, about what we're not allowed to do on the Sabbath day. Actually, the Sabbath reminds us of what we do not have to do and who we get to worship. We don't have to do that. If you're taking notes, please put this down. We are to keep the Sabbath as a day of worship. I want to remind you that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. How many of you know Jesus is Lord of your life? He is our Lord, our Savior, our Master. He is our Sabbath rest. So really, the Sabbath isn't just all about us. It becomes all about Him. Loving Him, worshiping Him, being with Him. It reminds us that our life belongs to Him. A day where we stop. And sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the fact that life is all about us. But when you have one day set aside where you stop and say, it's all about Jesus, it brings everything right back into focus. Can I tell you one of the biggest mistakes the church has made in the last 20 years has making worship all about us? Well, I like this music. I like that song. I need that time. Listen, it's all about Jesus. Tell them it's all about the Lord. Go ahead. Tell them. Listen, it's not all about our preferences. It's all about Jesus. We set that day aside to meet with the Lord, to be with Him, and to love Him, to refocus our life, to recalibrate and just honor him for who he is in everything. And if you will start your week with that day, you start your week right. Remember, firsts matter. What you do with your firsts 
makes a difference. And if you make that Sabbath your first, the rest of the week becomes about him. And if you get off track, all of a sudden you're back in the station, setting it aside for him. You get back on track, and you begin to live for the Lord. I want to remind you that the Sabbath is not about time management. It's not about making the most of your time. It's about making time that is for God alone. The Bible tells us that we are to wait on God. I don't know if you know this, waiting is not efficient. But it's needed. And it slows us down. Listen, I'm all about efficiency. My personal life, I love that. If you've come to my office, you'll see I have a list of everything. And then every day I've got another list of what I need to accomplish that day. And sometimes if I have to rearrange that list, I rearrange the list so that I'm being efficient with my time. I don't like to wait. Anyone in here like to wait? Dale likes to wait. Dale's like, put me in the doctor's office and give me an hour. Hallelujah. The Bible says wait on the Lord. I got to tell you, there. listen, can I tell you, we are in such a rush to get through things. Now I want you to hang on. There are things we're asking God to do in our church to do through lives. Get ready. But we make everything about the rush. I've heard several times when I've come into the sanctuary on Monday morning to pray. I'm ready to get on with the day. There's things I've got to do. People need to be called. Things that need to be accomplished. And I've come in to pray, found myself almost rushing through prayer because I had that list. I went, amen. I got up to walk out and God said, really? Sit back down. I'm not done. All you did was talk. I haven't said anything yet. (laughs) Listen, it's about relationship. Any of you been married longer than five minutes? Any of you ever talk to your spouse and then they're like, and you get up to walk away and they're like, I'm not done yet. And listen, with my personality, I've been in the middle of a conversation with my wife and I was done, but she wasn't done. And I walked away and she said, wait a minute, I was still talking. What are you doing? I said, I thought you were done. How many of you know sometimes with God, he's just going, you're in such a rush and I'm not done. And then I would sit down to talk to the Lord and he does this. Now I'm going to make you wait. Because it's about the relationship. Do you really want to hear me or are you just rushing through this thing? What do you do with your Sabbath? A lot of people come to church on Sunday morning. They're such a rush. Now, some of you have to work. I get all that on Sundays and you take another day to rest. But some people come to church and it's like, man, let's just get through this thing because I got stuff to do. I'm just saying. I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Listen, waiting isn't efficient. 
Waiting messes with the world. But it sure does recalibrate us. Wait on the Lord. Can I remind you, the Sabbath is meant to be holy. And holy actually means to be set apart for sacred use. The reason why the world doesn't respect our boundaries and our times about holy is because we don't either. The Sabbath is to be holy like a marriage commitment is holy. And remember, the Sabbath day, the Bible says, and keep it holy. Worship and rest. I don't know if you ever thought of this, but do you know that rest is holy? That makes me feel good about the nap. (laughs) The nap I'm going to have this afternoon will be an act of worship. Come on. And it is. It really is because it becomes a part of refreshing. There's a specialness about it, a uniqueness that sets this day apart from all other days. Today it's the constant grind, and there's nothing special about anything. And the devil wants it that way, that every day is the same and, and nothing unique. But God desired this day, the time we set aside for him and to rest, to be distinctly different from the rest of the week. It's meant to be special. It reminds us of how different God is from everything else in the world. That he's better, higher, greater. That he's not a hard taskmaster. That he's not demanding. That his yoke is easy and his burden is light. The Sabbath helps remind you. A lot of people say, well, God gave me a burden. Sometimes God does give you a burden to carry but it's a joy. It's not meant to be overwhelming. It's something that you can carry and follow through. You see, the Sabbath is to be a time set aside for God so that throughout the week our focus can return to Him. Isaiah 30, 15 says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness, And confidence is your strength. Listen, the psalmist reminds us of this. He says, be still and know that I'm God. Jesus told his friends, come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. So obviously, quiet is another Cree ingredient to us getting rest. We need, we also saw that Jesus did this throughout Scripture. One of them says in Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Listen, a lonely place isn't a sad place. It's a quiet place without anyone else but you and God. The Bible says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. The Sabbath gives us a time to enjoy, watch this, quiet with the Lord. And we need quiet. We need to learn how to be alone with God again. Can I remind you, the world is noisy enough. Can I challenge you this week? Don't bring your radio or your headphones to your prayer time. 
just be quiet. A lot of people don't know how to be quiet anymore. I don't mean you don't know how to shut up. I mean you just don't know how to be quiet. We don't like it. I love quiet. As a matter of fact, I found the older I'm getting, the less I like noise. Anyone else ever feel that way? I don't know. Listen, glory to God. My wife has decorated our house for Christmas. This church will be all set up for Christmas by next Sunday. But she's decorating. She's got all these snowmen. And they all have batteries, and they all play a song. My granddaughter thinks it's awesome to take every single one of them and put them down and play them all at once. My daughter thinks that's absolutely hysterical. I'm walking around, and my wife thinks it's hysterical. I do not. I think it's annoying. I look at my granddaughter, I say, one at a time. One at a time. And I told my wife, you will obey that with her and help enforce that, or I will burn all your snowmen. Listen, I love quiet. I love to be with people. I love worship. I love the joyful sound. I love to be in the presence of God and worship with other believers. But just as important is know that you can be alone with God. As a matter of fact, if you don't know how to be alone with yourself, it's okay. The Bible says you're not alone. That'll never leave you or forsake you. Jesus found those quiet places. And we need quiet and we need to learn how to be alone with God. Lastly, the Sabbath is a time to remember and reflect. We need to remember who our God is. That He's holy. That He's good. We need to remember all that He's done for us. We need to remember to enjoy the now and all that He's given us. Even if the season that we're in is difficult, You can rest in Him. I found in some of the greatest trials of life, when I can't sleep, to turn it into a time when I'm with the Lord. If I ain't sleeping, I might as well do something. And sometimes it's just being with God. Have you ever noticed that when you feel beat up the most, you feel unloved, you're feeling absolutely everybody has something against you. And you're just thinking God is kind of the same way and you get in His presence and all of a sudden He just reminds you how much He loves you. Even in the midst, even if you're in the middle of sin and running from God, oh, He'll convict you. But listen, in the middle of the convicting, He'll remind you that He's there. And he brings you to a place of rest. My prayer during this Christmas season is that you'll kind of get back to that place of honoring the Sabbath. Of remembering how important it is to worship. Of remembering our need to be with the Lord. Taking a day. Listen, in all the midst of the craziness that's going on, all the people who want to visit, all the things that they want to do, the world is harsh. They will steal the joy of the Christmas season. How many of you ever been there? You ever got there to Christmas Day and been, what in the world is this all about? And Jesus is going, me? 
all this other stuff. Come on, stand with me if you would this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our hope, our peace, our joy, our rest. And Lord, right now this morning, I speak rest and life and peace into each and every life here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you've brought us out of the world system and you've brought us into a place that is full and good. You said that you lead us beside still waters. And so, Lord, I speak that stillness into each life right now. Lord, we purpose not just to honor a Christmas season. We purpose to honor your word and your commands to us. To be in a place where your word is front and center and our relationship with you has the first place in our life. We thank you, Lord God, for a holy moment this morning. A time set aside for worship. A time to be together as a family. And for the rest of the day, a place of rest. If we would say, I've just been in a place of turmoil, a place of stress, would you just lift your hand this morning? God wants to give you his peace. Lord Jesus, this morning in this place, we come and we receive your peace. I speak life. And Lord, as they begin to set that time aside to honor you, I pray that what would make a difference in the life of the church here is that you're with us and we would know that. I pray that God, where we've pushed through, that you'd forgive us, where we've just kept everything as just another thing on our to-do list, even coming to church, even coming and worshiping you. Well, I did it. Check it off. I pray that, Lord, there wouldn't even be a day uh, or a check on that list except to say, this day belongs to Jesus. Lord, I pray your blessing on each one in this place today. I thank you for your refreshing and your filling. I thank you as we gather on First Friday for prayer, the Holy Spirit, you will fill this place. I thank you, Lord God, that this Christmas season will not just be marked with joy, but would be marked in this place by your presence and your glory. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Listen, I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you peace. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Listen, we're back to Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. The next three weeks, we do take the week off between Christmas and New Year's on Wednesday to give our staff a break. It's important that they deserve it. Amen? All right, we'll see you on Wednesday. God bless you.